welcome to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything and knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. Boy, speaking of adventures of somebody's lifetime, we've got a young lady with us, and uh, she's all the way originally from Iran, and uh, and she I ran into her. No, I'm so sorry, that was just a lousy joke. Uh, but uh, she is an author, and she is living now in the these United States. She lives in Boston somewhere, and um, she's written a book and it's a novel and it's coming out next week and uh, i'm glad to have her here it's called silence whisper silenced whispers is the name of the of the uh of the novel and it's going to be on amazon and everywhere and she's imploring you well i'll let her say uh afrin welcome to the show how are you how, where can people pick up the book thank you well it's going to be on pre-sale on amazon uh, but at the same time, you guys can go on my website. Uh, the, uh, it's called silencewhispers.com, and you can also uh, put your name in, and uh, we're going to give prizes away. Uh, we're going to have a lottery. We're going to have fun. So, yes, and uh, the, probably it won't be in the bookstores for a while because bookstores are um, slow to get on with the program so to speak but please if you want to buy it from your independent bookstore that's quite all right you just have to ask them to order it so um so the book will be on pre-sale on amazon as of february 1st and again and the is, name of the book is silenced whispers there are lots of whispers and stuff like that so don't buy the wrong book just look for the author, Afarine Balsario. Yes. And that is uh, Afarine, and that's A F A R I N. And uh, you can also go to afarine.net and probably get to the same places as, as going to Silenced Whispers. Uh, yes. But in any event, it's great to have you here. You grew up in Iran, and, and you, there's a real story behind that. Uh, because that was in the sh old Shah days, um, prior to the um, 1970, I believe it's 79 revolution. Is that right? Yes, 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 yes. And uh, times changed when that happened, and it was better for you as a young woman to leave th there to come to a more freedom society. Or, or let me ask you, you left there to to now. You, I believe you went other places before you got here, didn't you? What would tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. So um, I have traveled before then for pleasure with my parents and uh, by myself, but but I came to United States to go to school, and that was the primary reason back then. But I never left, so so uh, you know I understand, and I'm glad that somehow somehow uh, there are times when fate does play nasty games with people. Uh, in this particular case, I was lucky to be here and I was lucky to 
um, be where I could uh, make a living and stay and have a family. And um, I'm happy to be here. So. And you graduated from MIT, is that right? Yes, I did. I did. I have a PhD from MIT. So it's quite So good. you've gone to school for a great deal of time. You have a, a PhD. What was your PhD in? Mechanical engineering, <laughs> believe it or not. That's, uh, you know, that's not, um, although if I want to change a light bulb, I'll call my son. <laughs> But uh, uh, but that's uh, he's a, he's a better engineer than I am. But uh, you know that's fine. You know, yeah, we all are different. You spent your adult years here. Do you still yes. have a lot of uh, contacts with people in Iran? Um, you, I I I don't have um, like a farm. I have I have a cousin left in Iran. The rest of my family are all over the world. Uh, but so I am. I am aware of what's going on there. I, uh, uh, you know, I am. Uh, I uh, uh, communicate with my cousin on WhatsApp, um, and so. And then when she's out of the country, she can talk to me as well. But uh, but when she's in Iran, she's uh, she has to. Um, uh, then the internet is is very much, uh, um, you know, very restricted for regular people. So she's. Uh, yeah. So when when the um, well for those people who don't know because this goes all the way back to the seventies, yes. there there was a gentleman who had been installed by Western governments, primarily Britain, and uh, I think the United States played a role, yes. and that was the Shah of Iran, yes. and he was considered like the the almost a king or an emperor, and he kind of ran the country, and then he didn't run it well and which led to the revolution of the revolutionary guard and and the uh, ayatollah and then also the hostages the um, american hostages that were taken from the embassy and um it built ted koppel you know who ted koppel is i do know who he is of course he 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 <laughs> The the hostage situation <laughs> built his career. Correct. Every night he went out there and says 345, 346. Well, he's, uh, you know, he also, um, I think he was, the hostage situation that uh, was a very uh, watershed moment, as they say, uh, in the life of a lot of people, including um, the United States, because, uh, you know, uh, part of, Part of the reason that I mean, not that there was anything wrong with Ronald Reagan presidency, but that was part of the reason that uh, people basically um, elected him to the president. Uh, in, in you know, it was so weird. Now I got to ask you because Jimmy Carter, he <laughs> yes. may not have been the best president in the world, but he was a nice guy. He was a peanut farmer from from Georgia and. And he had a nice smile, and and he seemed like he had the best of intentions. And in fact, yes. his after presidential career has been much better than he, what he did, and much more humanitarian than what he did as president, because he was only president for four years. And but Correct. why did the why did the um, colon, colon, why did the the folks in Iran hate him so much? Because he seemed like a nice guy to me. 
uh, people don't hate him. Uh, well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people, I mean, uh, to the vast majority of people, if you offer a green card for free, everybody will jump on it. Of course, there's a, a minority that still uh, um, is very much uh, uh, loyal to the to the government and to the regime, but uh, so so people don't hate Ray, uh, Carter, or people don't hate any any Americans for that matter. Uh, but then, but, but then uh, why did and I'm just curious because if you remember the day that uh, Ronald Reagan was um, was uh, sworn into office, then the hostages were released. So it was almost like a thumb in the eye to Jimmy Carter and to the government then because Ronald Reagan came in and I, apparently was a pre-organized, uh, yeah. pre pre-arranged deal that when Reagan came to power that they would release him so that Reagan would look good. Is that is that? That's correct. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't work for CIA, so I don't know about the secret deals, but but at least I have read in the papers and uh, some you know uh, uh, reputable papers that there was the, the so-called cake diplomacy that uh, Ronald Reagan before he became president he sent uh, Ayatollah Khomeini a cake and uh, sort of says oh let's just we have buddies uh, I see into your soul and you can see my soul. And whatever it is that they said, I don't know. But but yes, definitely, you know, now we know about the Iran-Contra that, uh, you know, Iranians, you know, there was some deals going on. There was there was some uh, arms that were being sold and sent back and forth to different folks, um, which was Iran-Contra. And, uh, yes. and that, of course, came to light in the early 80s. Um, yes, that's correct. And so, yes, yes. And so that that actually was a thorn in the side of Reagan's entire presidency. That's correct. Yes, yes. But yes. hey, it's a diplomacy. But going back to Jimmy Carter, being a nice person is not a prerequisite to be a good president. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, so apparently yeah. they certainly did not fear him, even though he did try. I, I remember. Um, I fell asleep in front of the TV, which is what I do all the time now. But in those days, I was younger. But I remember waking up at four o'clock in the morning to a news report that um, a uh, several helicopters crashed in the in the in the um, in the desert, and they were trying to get to the uh, embassy to free the hostages, and it became a great big. A great big problem. Do you remember that one? Of course, of course. Actually, you know, well, I mean, I think to me, it's it's a it's a failure of intelligence. I mean, as an Iranian, I know that the, we have this big, huge desert. In fact, in my book, I my my, my character starts living in the middle of the desert. In you know, so so uh, you know, if 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 there was good intelligence, and again, I'm not politician. I'm not putting blame on anybody, but uh, you know, they should have known that it is almost impossible to get helicopters all the way to 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 where the hostages were in Tehran, and uh, so the sand got into the engine, and you know, basically, uh, there was failure. But what happened is that the the 
the politician that Ayatollah Khomeini was, he basically went out on TV and radio and said, this was hands of God. We didn't do anything. We didn't shoot them down. The God, had, the, you know, uh, shot them down. I mean, it was like angels came in from nowhere and uh, torpedoes this uh, this helicopter. And of course, people died. And you know, so so it's yeah. it uh, to me, it's a, it's a, a not planning well. Um, and had I mean, he had to do something. So I guess that was his something. Yeah. Well, you know, in the the um, Holomani, is that right? Holomani, yes, yes, yes. Yes. He um he used the that that age old thing is God is on our side. So they God took down the um, uh, helicopters as a way of self aggrandizing himself yeah. and the uh, and the regime. Um, yeah. So most of the people that you know are no longer in Iran. What is life actually? To the best of your knowledge, and I know you're not there. You're here, and thank God you're here, by the way, because um, you. you've got a book coming out, and and you've had a great life here, and we really appreciate what you've been able to accomplish. But what is life like, especially for women in Iran today? Well, first of all, economy is really bad, and a lot of people are hurting, and um, so um, inflation is. The last I heard was like fifty percent or whatever. It, uh, if we think that 6% inflation is not acceptable, think about uh, 50 or 100%. And um, for majority of people, that's the first and foremost. They, a lot of people can't even feed their children or their family or whatever. Uh, for women, it's very hard because you know they have to uh, deal with this morality police. So um, you know, even if you have children around, if you have under the job, but you know, let's say that one strand of hair comes out. Um, my cousin the other day, uh, it was some, summers in Tehran, in, in Iran gets very hot. It's like 110, 115 degrees. And she wanted to wear um, sandals. And so she had to wear a, a, so she was stopped by the morality police and was forced to wear uh, socks with sandals. So. Uh, imagine that you are in the heat of Tehran and you have to wear um, a, a hijab or your scarf or whatever. You have to wear, <laughs> and you can't even wear sandals. So it's a, there's, a, and it's not only for women, but also young men. You know, if you have, if your hair looks too stylish, it's bad or whatever. But but women uh, certainly is is the most difficult for them. So. And it's really, I mean, a lot of women do work and they, they do, you know, they, they drive and everything, but uh, everything is, is difficult. Everything is, uh, is, uh, is, is problematic. If, uh, I don't know, if, if you want, if you're in a party and you want to go home in your own car and drive it, you can't do it by yourself. You have to have a man in the car, even if it is your seven-year-old son or brother or whatever. So. There are things that are totally irrational, and uh, that's part of, you know, uh, part of the regime's uh, strategy, if you will, is to make life very random and uh, uh, sort of so. So even you know something that's today, like for example, there was a time when you weren't allowed to have uh, um, 
to, to have dishes, you know, the satellite dishes. Uh, and then some politician, uh, he, he started the dish business, and he, since he was benefiting from it, now it came out that it's okay to have dish, you know, satellite dishes. So, or it, you know, even if it's a still law not to have satellite dishes, it would not be enforced. But so it's random, and the government is is very corrupt and very inept. Um, you know, uh, the economy, of course, partially it's bad because of the sanctions. But the bigger part of it is uh, is is the mismanagement of the economy altogether. Uh, so there's high unemployment. The the COVID, the, many people died of COVID. There was no um, you know, so so there's all kinds of uh, uh, problems having to do with the uh, with the government who thinks that if they are sent by God, I don't know, um, they they claim that uh, they can, uh, you know, they can, and of course um, the diaspora people like myself and younger people, uh, the intellectual, not you know, intellectuals, technocrats, people who know. Um, how to deal with um, a disease or with uh, with an economy, whatever, um, would not want to go back to Iran. So uh, the problem continues, uh, not only for women, but also for men. But, you know, women have a little bit more uh, gumption, so to speak, and uh, then they have, uh, you know, shown a lot of resilience and a lot of courage. So... I have never heard that. The morality police? <laughs> there are people wandering around to make sure that your hair is 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 tight in a bun and it, it doesn't get out in any way or the guys are not uh, wearing slick back hair and are trying to be cool and it what happens if they catch you? Do they do they tell you just to fit or do you, can you get arrested? Oh, you can get arrested. You can be actually the young lady Marsa Amini who died last September, September 2022. That's what happened to her. She was in the street, uh, I don't know, going to a friend's house or a family's house, and her chador was apparently not to the to the um, regulation. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, but it wasn't in the regulation, and she was arrested. She was taken to jail, and that's where she uh, was uh, severely, I mean, it's rumored that she was severely beaten, but whatever happened to her, she uh, she was dead within a, a day or so uh, from blunt force trauma. So um, I don't know what, what would that mean. Uh, that, that, uh, that generally means she was beaten to death. Yes, yes, uh, definitely. Uh, that certainly is is uh, is the understanding of people, but you know that's what happens. You know, so you know it's as I said, it's you know the one morality police. Many of them, ladies in the full chador and everything, um, they they go around the city in in vans, and it's sort of like I don't know. People have read science fiction, but it's sort of like science fiction. They see someone and they decide that this person is is. Is bad hijabi, they say. Is is the is the terror his veil or chador or as you said, like you know, his pants is too tight or whatever it is. Um, they they get out and you know they may give you a, a warning, they may give you a um, you know a fine, uh, 
and they may arrest you. So again, it's like, uh, and once you get arrested, then, you know, of course, um, there's no uh, rule of law, so to speak, yes. So, so you can get arrested and you, people might not ever even see you again and not have any idea what happened to you. Well, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I mean, normally at, at some point parents will go and or family will go and find out. But, but there are people who, I mean, uh, um, recently they have executed another person, a, a young, a young man, uh, who actually was uh, had mental, um, you know, disabilities. So, so he wasn't, you know, even fully, um, you know. Um, fully conscious but but even despite of that despite of the fact that there was no like the evidence against him was so flimsy they they had beaten him they had um, uh, denied medications to him so he basically said okay i'm gonna ask you ask whatever you want to say and i will just sign it so basically you know it's the justice system is not is not the the rule of law it's not it's not what we we don't have. I mean, there are lawyers, very good lawyers in Iran, but I don't think that they are allowed to, um, you know, help their clients properly. Yeah, and you probably have to be very, very careful if you're an attorney in Iran because of the the way that they operate, and you can get into trouble yourself. I would imagine. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Shirin Abadi, who won the Nobel Prize um, a few years back she's actually that's that's her problem she she um defends people who are she thinks that are innocent or there's not enough evidence against them and then the regime will will come and arrest her and harass her um, and you know so. what do you think <laughs> now the united states right now doesn't have a very good relationship with iran no um and in and because of the sanctions i know it's hurting the Iranian people, it, it probably isn't affecting the the people at the top because they'll always have what they need. But it's the people. Um, do, what do you what do you feel like the future is? Is it is are they so powerful, steeped in in power and religion and and uh, their philosophy that they're they're not going to be overturned? Or is an is there a possibility of another revolution? Well, I. I, I... I would hope that there will be another revolution because um, last year, a couple of years ago, there was actually um, some uh, uh, some polls, and I think that that poll is very correct. That you know, in fact, regime has support of maybe fifteen, maybe twenty percent of people, but regime has a lot of weapons, and you can see that you know they have drones and uh, you know machine guns and and all kinds of things, and they are not. They're not afraid of using them against people. So um, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there was always hope that um, when people voted for, for example, a president, a, a reformist president, a, a few years back, um, they was were hoping that uh, they would come. Uh, there would come a time when regime would be uh, reformed from from within. But that didn't happen, and um, um, I don't know. Uh, um, you know, Khamenei is, of course, eighty some years old, and he has cancer, um, so we don't know uh, what's going to happen. You know, uh, to the regime, and we don't know what's going to happen to 
uh, to people. I mean, again, 2009, people um, had uprising in the cities um, and, you know, quite, quite close to um, actually toppling the regime, but again, that didn't happen. So we'll see. I'm, I, I'm hopeful. I'm just hopeful just because I'm a very optimistic person. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And but before we leave this topic, I just yes. just want to say it's, I think it's really is a shame that people treat other human people so badly that because yes. uh, I know that that there are a lot of executions in Iran and some of them are are public and quite gruesome. Yes. And and there are lots of issues. Now, I suppose if you were a young lady and yes. you were to wear a halter top and short shorts and walk down the street <laughs> of Tehran. How long yes. do you think you'd get? Or how far do you think you'd get? <laughs> About 10 seconds that I would get a lot of stones thrown at me. <laughs> I don't, uh, uh, I'm not quite, uh, quite, quite clear on that. Dep First of all, it depends on where what part of, if you are in, I don't know, the northern part of Iran, uh, you, you would be, um, you would be, you know, maybe maybe a minute before you get arrested, <laughs> but it all depends on where in Tehran is. And I think you and I spoke about that. That Iran is, um, you know, there are there, there, there are people. The the difference between two sets of people are 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 very very stark. You know, there are people who, um, you know, go out of the country and you know. Um, drink alcohol and do whatever they need to do, they want to do. Um, and there are people who are quite religion, even if they are in their own home and uh, nobody's watching them. And then, but well, the vast majority are somewhere in between. They they just try to 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 make a living and uh, and do their own life, you know, live their own life. Well, I, I'm first of all, I am very grateful that you are here. That that you I am too. <laughs> I bet you you are. <laughs> you didn't have to go through all that. Um, even yeah. though he, when you were there, and there was some of that that was going on, even that in those days. Yes. yes. Um, and so, but thank thank goodness that uh, you made it here and you graduated from MIT, and then you became uh, and right now you've become an author. Tell us yes. about the book and the process of writing it and and what it's about and and what made you write it in the first place uh the book is about uh, uh the book happens happens in the uh, first two decades of 20th century um and uh, my 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 main character is a lady her name is goha and she's quite unconventional because um she is um she climbs the trees and doesn't cook and doesn't clean and she plays towers and she's a, a, an exceptional lady because she can read and write and uh, so the book is about her journey from her little town in the middle of desert uh, partially by by faith partially by uh, by her own uh, um, you know work um, she is uh, you know so so she she comes to Tehran and uh, becomes involved in the reformist movement of the time. And if you know about colonial powers in Iran, you know, basically Russia and England, um, you know, it, it, they really didn't want Iran to become a democratic, reformed society, modern society. 
uh, they uh, they wanted uh, the country to remain um, as it as it was, you know, basically. So um, that so her efforts obviously uh, is create some danger for her as well. So so there are some adventures, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know that, that to amuse and to to entertain people as as they uh, as they follow my my uh, character. And just to, just as a reminder, this is being released. It's in pre-release next week, yes. which is the end of January, yes, of uh, yes. two thousand twenty-four. And yes. then it's going to be out. And the name of the book again is "Silenced Whispers." Silenced Whispers, yes. And and, and uh, is it because, by and large, women in Iran are silenced. Is that what part of the name comes from? That's partially it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll tell you a little bit about what it means. Well, in Iran, <laughs> back in the days, and still probably now, everybody lives for for perception, and there are a lot there's and there's lots tons and tons of taboos about doing this and doing that, and especially about women because women really didn't have a lot of uh, personhood. They didn't have any any what these days call agency i mean they they didn't couldn't work um, they they most of them were illiterate so basically they were dependent on on male society and paternalistic society to 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 live their lives so but there was a lot of taboos about what to do and what not to do and there was a lot of rumors and and you know like uh, the gossips and whispers so and the whispers People didn't didn't um, didn't live their best life because there were so many whispers and they everybody was in straight jackets. So silencing those whispers are very important. Very good, and be, be, <laughs> I'm sorry. She, she is turning around. There's somebody in a room. Yes, with her. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry. that's perfectly fine. We're good, and. Uh, um, so get the when it comes out, you can be pre-ordered now. Go to Amazon, yes. and the the author is Afrin, and that's A F A R I N. You're a delightful lady. You know that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it's delightful to be here and talk to your uh, to your the audience, and it's great. So now, when you, after you graduated from MIT, and you decided that you weren't going to go home, and then you became a United States citizen. Yes, and, I did. And uh, what did you, how, what did you do for a living during that that period? Well, so uh, I was very lucky. So um, there was a lot of uh, um, um, for the first seven or eight years of my life, I worked uh, of my professional life after a graduation. I worked for a company that's now part of Raytheon, and I did a lot of projects for U.S. government, U.S. Navy, especially uh, doing scientific um, you know studies. Um, so, uh, so, so that was fine. And then I went back to school and got an MBA and, uh, because I wanted to work more on commercial side, if you will. Um, and so I went back to, 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 to school, got an MBA. Um, and then I worked for a, a number of large semiconductor manufacturers. I worked for Intel Corporation. I'm sure everybody still knows about them. Uh, and I work for analog devices, um, and then I work for some smaller companies as well. Um, then, after so many years, I went back also worked for MIT, our old places, um, and uh, that's 
That was good. my full-time employment. Good for you. And, and uh, I, I think it's wonderful that, that you were here. You uh, Obviously, you're very, very bright. And uh, and goodness gracious, you can even read and write. And very, oh. isn't that amazing that a woman? Yeah, it's it's amazing to me if you talk to um, people that are in the United States or other countries, and they and they, they they will tell you you that it's so strange that there are places in the world where just being able to read and write is a uh, gift that not everybody gets. There are lots of people who are not allowed to do that, and they're kept down um, yes. in, into the house. I, and as we talked about last time, there are people that, women, that are really not allowed to leave the house. Sure. They only sure. go if they're going to the market or something like that. Is that right? That's correct. I mean, and, and I say that in, in even in, in Iran, of course, hundred and some odd years ago, that was also the case that that most women never left the house at, alone and they had to be accompanied by somebody else but uh, you know that was hundred some years ago it's, it's so it is quite uh, quite dreadful that that we still see that um, and you know the, the the biggest thing for me uh, about these kind of societies is that they stop women from from learning and knowledge is power my uh, my character Gohar in my story, for example, her she her superpower is the fact that she can read and write in a society that can't even men can, and that gives you a lot of power. Um, you know, not power in terms of you know I don't know Superman or whatever, but in terms of getting yourself into a situation that you can uh, do well and and you can progress and you can do um, you know good things for yourself and others. So yeah. knowledge is power, you know, and um, it's, it's again, as I said, it's just really dreadful that, uh, you know, some women and some portions of the world still are being stopped from learning. So that's, you know. That is the, the traditional way to keep people down. Correct. Um, they don't want to share the power and Correct. they want people to be the workers but they don't want them to have enough power themselves so that they can decide how they're going to live their life. They want to be, they want to tell you how to lead your life and stuff. And that's where the, um, um, the religion comes into it, isn't it? Yes. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it's Although, religion. But, 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 it's, it's before, true. Before we go, it's, yes. before we go crazy yeah, here. True. I, I mean, if you, if you say, says to somebody that if you do something um, and I catch let's say that in America, let's say somebody steals something, uh, you know, there's their laws and the police comes in and takes you and takes you to court and, you know, they send you to jail. But it's quite different when, when, you're, when you're the enemy of God. That's really, you know, just say, okay, and it's not only that you're going to go to jail, but you're going to be damned for the rest of the eternity so that's quite quite powerful correct um, now so before we go before we go yes. any further with that yes. i want to be very very careful that and to protect you because yes, there absolutely. there are folks that are fanatical and, and not just of islam yes. but of also of christianity yes. and and others 
I, so I want to make sure that you that we're protecting your safety. So we're yes. I've I accidentally asked that question. I apologize for for bringing that up. I don't want to go down that road because I want to protect you. Um, so that no no problem. And you know I mean I am I, I'm respectful of all religion. I believe in God myself, but using anything as a weapon is hard. It's, uh, yes. well, let's, let's leave it at that. It, it really is. Well, I'm glad. Now, what made you decide to write the book? Is it that you had just had a lot of time or the, uh, there are some people that had, you know, in the COVID, they were inside the house and have, have, has this been a long time in the making? Well, the, the idea of writing a book has always been in my mind. I mean, this is what I wanted to do. I mean, um, I, I'm a storyteller. I'm even storyteller when I teach, when I, when I mentor students, when I work, you know, they're all, they're all stories. I can make it up. Um, so, but, but I never had a chance to really actually sit down and, um, and, and write a book because it is a lot of work, you know, it's a, um, and it's not only just writing, I mean, and that's, that was my first misconception because I wrote the first, first version of the book in, I don't know, six months, very quickly. But then, you know, Somebody says, oh, it doesn't have the right characters. It doesn't have the right uh, this and right that. And it was too big and do that. So the, the editing process took a lot longer. Um, and I'm very happy to have some mentors and some uh, some editors and things like that. But um, the, that's what I always wanted to write. But then, then I had this opportunity to uh, work as a consultant and, you know, I'm in a situation where I didn't have to be in a, a corporate uh, structure that uh, you know requires you to to put so many hours in some whatever. So so I had some free time that I could devote to writing, and that's really um, because you know whatever you do, if you take it seriously, there's uh, there's a famous studies about ten thousand hours of of work on anything to become right. good at it. And I wanted to the book to be good. You know, I didn't want it to be uh, whatever. And so I <laughs> wanted to be written by AI or anything like that. So it, it took me a while to, as I said, to go through multiple. But a couple of things I wanted to to write a story about um, the history of Iran, and it's it's in. Again, going back, I mean, I'm a technologist, I, but, but what I always think about it, and I'm a technologist and I work in different places in the world. I work in China, I work in, um, you know, I mentor students right now in, in Morocco. So it's like I've been dealing with a lot of different old cultures that, like Iran, are transitioning. And we are throwing a lot of technology at them. So um, I have been thinking about how this technology and modernity and things like that are changing people's lives. So I was always thinking about that. And, you know, I was thinking about, okay, um, I can do some research and write about it, whatever. But the, uh, writing another nonfiction, um, how many people are going to read that? How many people are going to uh, really appreciate that? Not too many. But so, um, but a work of fiction, it's a novel. It's it's a fun thing. It's about the the story of uh, of transitioning from a traditional uh, outlook into a modern, more modern outlook. It's timely because 
right now we are dealing with a lot of technologies that are going to change our society very profoundly. Um, and maybe knowing about other people who have gone through the same transition, maybe with different sets of technology is um, help us to, to, uh, to, in our journey as well. Well, it surely can't hurt, that's for sure. And we, we, we are going to go through a lot of transition here with AI and all that other stuff that is coming down the line. So it will be very interesting. By the way, we're talking with Efren, and she has written the book, Silenced Whispers. And I need to I need to go because I've got another thing I got to go do. But I want to give you a moment to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Um, just be positive. You, everyone, one of us have uh, have uh, have a superpower, and that's ourselves. Um, we are. We don't need the the you know I don't know Batman or Superman or whatever. Um, <laughs> You know, that's part of the, the book that I wanted to tell, tell uh, that you can be in a situation where, um, you know, things are not the best for you. But at the same time, you have to you have to be um, you have to be positive and you have to do your best. That's all. That's all I want to say. And you said it beautifully. And that's why you're listening to Positive Talk. And uh, yes. I really appreciate having you here. And and, you know. You've gone through a lot. You're giving a lot back. You're working with a lot of people around the world. Uh, bless you for all you're doing. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I'm blessed to be here, and I'm blessed to talk to you, Kevin. Well, and you have yourself a wonderful afternoon. Uh, actually, thank it's you. evening. Thank it's uh, East Coast. So, oh, my goodness. It's almost 7 o'clock, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's so cross. <laughs> yes, it's uh, time for bed. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> No, that time is at least ten. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. Well, if you wait right there, I'll be, I'll be right back. Thank hey, you. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.